you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hello everybody as i'm recording this right now it is exactly 14 days until i have this baby and i am freaking out i'm trying to get everything done including extra recordings for you guys so you have something to listen to while i'm away for 3 months including getting my company in shape so that way um everything's covered from the business management side to the designer side uh to making sure that everything's updated and ready to go and I'm stressing out. And that's just on the business front. On my personal and life front, I want to get a lot of stuff cleared off too because I really want this to be a true relaxing break. And I don't know if it's this way in corporate America, but as an entrepreneur, I'm finding that while day to day, I feel a lot of freedom when it comes to getting time off, especially large breaks, uh, like I hope to take with this maternity leave, it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible for me to stay away, completely away for three months. People need me to make payments. People need me to process payroll. People need me to do X, Y, Z. And I do have an amazing team, but some things just come down to me. So I'm going to have to check in once a month and today, my team asked me, Betsy, do you want do you want us to text you once a week and just let you know that things are okay? No, I don't. I want to feel like there's a real separation and a real break away from my daily life. So I'm very optimistic. But um, but I'm grateful to my team for being there. And I'm hoping that I get to fully relax and I'm hoping that I get enough content for you guys to listen to. So without further ado, I'm going to jump in and ask, answer, ask. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the pregnancy brain is real, people. And especially now that I am so tired, like not sleeping, but more than ever to do. Oh, because I'm also trying to finish my book proposal. And that has been really a big hurdle. So it's like, I'm at once very tired and easily fatigable and have much less bandwidth than I used to, and yet I'm being asked to do so many more seemingly urgent things right away. It's not been a good combo for me, people. (laughs) I think I'm going to hit a wall, and hopefully I don't have this baby early. That's all I'm saying. 
Okay. Let's get to your questions. My first one comes from Valeria, who's writing all the way from Verona, Italy. Valeria writes, hi, Betsy. Congratulations on everything. New baby on the way, new podcast episodes, usual energy, and good vibes you send across the ocean all the way to Europe. I have just sold my house and bought a new one. Eventually, I'll be able to live closer to downtown and to go to work on foot, and I am very happy for that. The new house is quite small. It's a 1950s apartment, which is very different from the old house, which has much larger rooms. I have close to zero budget for this project, but I love DIY. I will pay a company for moving the kitchen and adapting it to the smaller space and open concept. I envision a black countertop, and are you ready for this? Pink salmon cabinets. I attach a palette that I'm leaning towards for my new space. 60% emerald green, 30% salmon pink, 10% cold yellow. I would love your take on that. Secondly, the chairs. My old house was shabby chic and turned into something like transitional. The chairs are painted white, but they are very, very casual and I cannot replace them. Any ideas? The style I want for my new house is cozy mid-century modern. I will sand down the table and stain it according to the wood tones of the new house floor. All right, there's lots of questions here, Valeria, and I want to make sure not to miss any of them. But first, I'll kind of describe the images that you've sent me here. So um, first picture is just a picture of your dining table, which is a square with those shaker-style white chairs that you mentioned that were painted with the thrush seats. Then the second picture is a picture of your color palette, which does have that emerald green, that salmon pink. And then the only description I think was inaccurate is you said a cool or cold yellow. And this is more like a lemonade. I mean, it's pretty vibrant and electric. And while the other two tones, I would say, do feel a little bit muted, this feels pretty loud. I would not be calling this yellow cold. Um... In terms of your current kitchen, it's currently got like this actually really beautiful color of sort of peacock blue cabinet doors with a white countertop, white upper cabinets, and a backsplash that looks to be this little type of circular tile. Not quite a penny tile because it's on like this sheet that has a dark background that does not appear to be grout. So anyway, it's a lot of look. Speaking of a lot of look, when I'm talking about 60, 30, 10, I'm talking about rooms with furniture, artwork, rugs, that kind of thing. I'm not necessarily talking about the architectural details of tile, cabinets, countertops, etc. I tend to do a lot more neutral with the architectural finishes like tile, countertops, cabinets, flooring, um, trim, etc. I tend to make that a lot more neutral and bring in the color with the furnishings. So when I'm designing a kitchen, I don't think about 60, 30, 10. If anything, the 60 and the 30 are going to be very neutral. And the 10%, whether it's the backsplash or the KitchenAid mixer that's going to live on the counter or something decorative will be that pop of color, especially in an open kitchen that will relate to something in another room. 
What I'm trying to get at here, Valeria, is I think that your kitchen plan may be too exciting. Do I love the idea of salmon cabinets? Absolutely not. Uh, I think that it will look dated very quickly. I think it's already dated. I mean, it's kind of like a dirty flamingo based on the um, swatch that you sent me. And while I think that can work in some locations, like maybe Key West or uh, the Caribbean, I'm just not sure you can pull it off in Italy. Um, It just feels like especially with that pop of vibrant yellow, that this is going to be too loud and too exciting. I love the idea of the emerald being the cabinet color, except do I love it with a black countertop? Not really. Hmm. So, you know, when I would think about designing your kitchen, the first thing I would choose is that countertop because you're going to be more limited in selection based on how durable you want it to be, what material you want it to be made of. It's almost the most important piece in the kitchen, figuring out the dream countertop. From there, you want the cabinets to be a tone, ideally in my opinion, that contrasts with the countertop. So if you have a white countertop, I would not do white cabinets because I hate white on white. If you go with an emerald uh, cabinet, I don't know if I love a black countertop. It may feel much too dark. So I might do something mid-tone or light in color with that emerald or maybe keep both the upper and lower cabinets white and then you could do that dark countertop. But am I feeling a salmon-colored cabinet? Not really. And even though you don't have many cabinets here, painting your kitchen cabinets is no joke. Whether you're hiring someone or whether you're doing it yourself, it involves, you know, sanding. It involves taking them off their hinges. It involves being quite precise and quite careful so that dust and other particles don't fall in the paint. So even though it may seem like a good way to cut corners or a good DIY project, you do have to be quite technical and it can be very time consuming. All that's to say that I want you to get it right. I don't want you to paint these dirty flamingo pink and then regret it in three years. So I would just tone things down, ask yourself where you can put more neutrals, And then, you know, you mentioned these white chairs that you can't get rid of. I wonder why you can't get rid of them. I feel um, like I want to challenge that. Unless they're sentimental, at least in the States, these are not very expensive type chairs. So the investment would be minimal to change them out. But if that's not the way you want to go, I think these could be so fun in that peacock. And the other thing I'm – or not the peacock, I'm sorry, the flamingo. Now I've got too many – too many birds going on. Um, They might even be fun in that yellow. And then the other thing I'd recommend, and guys, this is something I see all the time. When people have a square table and then they have a room that has walls, they put the table parallel to the walls, right? But the problem with that is when you pull out the chair, you're closer to the wall and likely going to hit it. So I like to shift it 45 degrees. So it's actually creating a diagonal with the wall. So that way, when you pull out your chair, you're on the diagonal instead. 
And I think that makes a lot of sense for this kitchen as well. So that way you're not pulling out and being so close to those cabinets. It gives you, because you're on the diagonal or the bias, a little more room to spread out. And lastly, I just want to say, well, maybe this isn't lastly, you know, Valeria, I do get a little verbose, but you do not need to stain the table the same color as the floor. Uh, architectural finishes do not have to match with the furniture finishes. In fact, if you're not going to put a rug under this, it may feel too matchy-matchy or a little oppressive to have them be the exact same. So... All that is to say that maybe you consider doing a rug underneath, and I do love a circular rug under a square table, or um, you could do it the same as the floor, but just know that you're not obligated to do that, and I don't want to see too much of the same wood tone. So I think you're all set here, Valeria. I think you've got some really good advice, if I do say so myself. And you know, when working with kitchens, when working with bathrooms, go for timeless versus vibrant. Go for classic versus in-your-face. You can make in-your-face choices with artwork, accessories, countertop things, playful backsplashes. But for those core pieces, I really like to play it safe and go a little bit more neutral. And not that you're planning on selling this anytime soon, but it is much, much better for resale value to do just that. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Okay, let's get to my next question. My next question comes from Renee. Renee is writing from Atlanta, Georgia. And Renee writes, Betsy, my sister and I both appreciate your kitchen tips. Thanks. I feel less lost. Also, I was recently browsing your book and realized what was missing in my living room lighting situation. I switched out two light bulbs to brighter ones and pulled a lamp from the basement and I feel much less grumpy in the evenings. We can finally see. Would you put a stool or bench in my little entry under the pictures or would you put a table? My, lot, my daughter leaves from school from the front door, but as a family, we come and go from the basement garage. So this entryway is mostly for guests. Our door from the basement is around the corner from an opening to the kitchen. The stairs were not in the architect's original drawings, but the builder just crammed them in. Okay, 
So let's see what we're working with here, Renee. Let's dig into the pictures that you sent. So yes, this entryway does appear to be a little bit tight. It appears that when you walk in, you open the door, and to the left, immediately there's a wall. And on this wall, you've put some hooks for your daughter's backpack. Looks like there's a purse back there, etc. And then it looks like it immediately flows in to like an open living room space. So on the right-hand side, there's like a continuous wall that maybe, you know, is only six feet from the open part of the door to where the living room begins. I do think on the right-hand side, um, with that long wall leading towards the living room, I would put something there for, say, your daughter. Now, I think what would be nice is depending on like if she drops her backpack there or what it looks like, you may want a console with some storage that she could put it inside or maybe her shoes inside. And that way it's quite concealed, but it still gives her that sort of launching pad and area for her stuff because it really bothers me. And it's really bad feng shui when you put items behind a door because it prevents you from fully opening that door without obstruction. Even if you can technically open it, even if you have plenty of room to move inside the space, it's bad feng shui to feel like you're going to hit something. So I would remove all those hooks from behind a door. I hate hooks behind a door, especially if that door opens up to a wall where there's really no like room for something that takes up space behind it. So I'd immediately remove the hooks and rely on this console to really hold the items that she needs. Or, you know, like have a beautiful tray or have a nice display for when guests come in. The problem with a bench, in my opinion, unless it's a storage bench, is that she's not going to have a place to put her stuff that's not exposed. I don't really want to see a backpack on a bench when I walk in. And a bench can become easily a dumping ground if it is a place where she's going in and out of every day. If it was exclusively for guests, I think a bench would be really nice because it's going to stay very minimal and very clean and because it gives them a great spot to take off their shoes, um, to put their shoes back on, etc. But otherwise, I feel like the bench may not be as practical because she is using this door. So that's my two cents, Renee. There you go, guys. I'm going to do a little bit briefer, 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 shorter episodes than normal. So that way I can bank a few for you. I had lofty goals that I would be able to bank enough episodes through December and gosh darn it, I'm going to try people, but mama's tired and overwhelmed and I just don't have the energy I used to at nine and a half weeks pregnant. Yep. Yep. She's rolling and tumbling all around and I'm just freaking exhausted. So there you go. There you go. That's, that's the reality check. I hope you guys are feeling energetic. I hope you guys are getting a lot of great info from this podcast. And I hope you'll send in your questions. All you have to do is go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Leave me your question and hopefully I'll get it to it in this batch of recording or I'll get to it in January when I return from my maternity leave. Thanks, everybody. Bye.
you've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.